Welcome to Canada's National Bible Hour. This is Brian Albrecht, your host and president of Mission Go. And our text is taken from Psalm 127, verse 3, which says, Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Mothers have such a great privilege to not only bear their children, but also to raise them up following the Lord. What a great responsibility moms have. And because of that, they have a special bond with their children, and they have great influence over their children, and they have great spiritual influence over their children. And so I just pray today that moms will cherish their children and, and cherish their husbands, and I pray that they'll be a tremendous example in the family. I know a godly woman, a godly mother, can make a tremendous influence to bless them and to help them. What a great privilege it is to be a mother. And I pray that all mothers this day will be blessed by their children and by their husbands who love them and care for them and honor them this day. This is a radio edition of Global Times. Today we have in our studio Dennis Campbell. Dennis and I have just returned from a trip from Indonesia. We just had a wonderful time. We were received well. We're partnering with a church over there called the, the Church of Christ Jesus. They have the same theology we do, and they have a real passion for souls and to reach out into various communities. And they're trying to reach their area for Christ. They're trying to go to the various islands in Indonesia and have conferences for the few Christian pastors there so that they can be trained and equipped 
so that they can not only go back to their congregation and grow their congregation, but also they will be able to reach out and uh, try to plant churches and uh, multiply the the effect of the gospel there. And Dennis and I had the, the great opportunity to be together and to witness one of these training sessions. And Dennis, why don't you tell us about that? Yes, Brian, it was a real blessing to be part of that event. Uh, what we see is this church has a real strategy of moving throughout the Indonesian islands and planning these training centers. And this is the first of those camps. They have now completed three classes. They go through an intense process of recruiting pastors to complete a 40-day course. It's virtually a Christian boot camp, a place where the men are brought in from their villages. They go through an intense training, biblical training and support how to prepare lessons that go through theology, but there's also an element of practical living. Since most of these pastors are living in remote villages, uh, living with their families and being able to sustain their life, primary Muslim community, uh, often as a pastor goes in, it's very difficult for them economically to establish and, and live. So they're giving these pastors experience and training on how to live and make productive farms. So they go through training on gardening and fertilizing and raising small farm animals. They even had uh, fish farms, all kinds of things that can be done in small scale to be able to sustain themselves, but also become a teacher in their village how to improve those. Now that may, you may say, what's that have to do with Christianity, but it's a part of their survival and it's part of becoming valuable in their relationship with the community. Yeah, I was very impressed with the training. They're there for 40 days, and the church actually uh, gives them a stipend for their families to live back home while the men are doing the 40 days of, of training and ministry. I was really impressed with the fish farm. They they take uh, some just wire, form it into a circle, and then they take some canvas and put water in it, and then they start raising catfish. And they have different sizes of these ponds, and they move the fish from one to another until they're mature enough to to sell and uh, and to eat. It's quite a quite a good little production thing that they have going there. The second thing we saw there was was the hog farm. They have <laughs> they have a pigs there. The the one we saw I think had probably 20 pigs there and a bunch of piglets. And it was amazing when I when we walked into that enclosure. There was this one baby pig who was up on his hind legs with his um, front paws over the the top of the pen, and he was just looking at us, and he was so cute <laughs> going in there. It was sort of sort of very interesting. But anyway, uh, the second part would be the hog farm, and then the third thing would be chickens. They had an enclosure developed there uh, where the droppings from the chickens would fall through they could use that then for fertilizer for their field, fields and things. And so they've really thought through these things. They also have a man there who knows uh, agriculture and plants, and he has been growing all sorts of different kinds of plants, um, eggplant and, and other things that can be planted in, in those areas and will grow there and will help sustain the, the family of the pastor as well as help out with the church. It could be a resource as they try to, to multiply their impact 
as they continue to raise these crops and these animals and then share them with their neighbors, they can sustain themselves. And I think it's just a, a good way of doing ministry. And then, of course, uh, when you feed people and as you share things, you can share the gospel with uh, these unbelievers as well. And so not only will it help the pastors be able to to do their ministry and sustain their families, but it'll also be a great outreach and a great evangelistic tool. And so I was really impressed with that. We happened to be at the uh, graduation, and there were 53 men who started the program, and 40, 40 days later, they all graduated. We were part of the graduation thing, and those men were so excited to see us come from America and uh, just be there at their graduation. Uh, they felt very honored. And we felt very humbled having the privilege of being there with them. So God has been really good, and I think this is really a great project. We'll be discussing Indonesia in a future report. Thank you for listening to Canada's National Bible Hour. And we trust the Lord will continue to bless those who hear the gospel being preached across these airwaves. As you're aware, this is a listener-supported program and we would not be on the air without the support of our listeners. This month we're offering a booklet entitled Caregiving, which is a very important booklet. My mom and dad needed care towards the end of their lives and my wife Patty's mom needed care in her latter years. We're caregivers. This booklet is a tremendous resource and I wish I would have had this booklet when we were going through the process ourselves because taking care of someone in your home is a ministry and helps you to work through the various issues that you face and really helps you with scripture to overcome in giving care to another person. So I highly recommend this, this booklet. Please write in to our uh, broadcast to the Cavs National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R 7A7 or in the United States at Box 2010 Buffalo, New York 14231 and the booklet's name is Caregiving.
Today's message is from Reverend George Francisco, and it's a tribute to mothers. Printed copies are available upon request. Today we celebrate Mother's Day and honor those who sacrifice so much time and effort on behalf of others. We are especially grateful for godly mothers who not only know and follow the Lord, but who also strive to bring their families to the Lord as well. Someone has written the words entitled, My Mother and I dedicate it to all mothers today. Who fed me from her gentle breast and hushed me in her arms to rest and on my cheek sweet kisses pressed? My mother. When sleep forsook my open eye, who was it sang sweet lullaby and rocked me that I should not cry? My mother. Who taught my infant lips to pray, to love God's holy word and day? and walk in wisdom's pleasant way, my mother. And can I ever cease to be affectionate and kind to thee, who wast so very kind to me, my mother? These are certainly appropriate words for godly mothers. Sadly, not all mothers are godly and caring. So if you have had or have a godly mother, thank God today for that. Or if you're trying to be a godly mother. May you be encouraged and may God bless you this day. Now I'd like to turn to God's Word, the Bible, and to the book of Psalms again, for they are so full of encouragement and teaching, not only to mothers, but to fathers and grandparents and to all of us today. In Psalm 107, the Holy Spirit moves the writer to record in a very unique way important Bible truths concerning redemption. Redemption is another word for salvation. Psalm 107 speaks of redemption, for it says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy, and gathered out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north, and from the south. So these words then first apply to Israel, the ones who were gathered by the Lord. 
But since scripture says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable, we know then that Old Testament scriptures were also written for us. We can see in God's dealing with Israel principles that can be applied to the lives of believers. In this psalm, there is a unique emphasis by way of metaphorical illustration. The psalm is divided into four main sections and closed by a plea or prayer of the psalmist in the words, O oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. These words then divide the psalm into parts, and they're found in verse 8, verse 15, verse 21, and verse 31. God wanted Israel to appreciate their redemption. How much more, then, should we as believers appreciate the redemption that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ? Let us then turn to the psalm. In verse 4 it says, They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Here then, a picture is drawn of those lost in a desert, wandering aimlessly. Their food is gone. They have no water. They have tried to find the right way, only to draw nearer and nearer to death. What a picture of lost Israel. What a picture of lost mankind. The scripture says the sinner is separated from God and he stumbles or wanders through a spiritual desert lost and finding no end, no real inner peace, no meaningful purpose in life. Every effort only leads closer to death. There may be some who are listening today who feel that way, that they are lost and wandering in a wilderness. Take courage. There is one who can save you from all your sins and failures, the Lord Jesus Christ. If you will do what the people in the psalm did, verse 6, they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them and led them forth by the right way. If you will come to the Lord Jesus, receive him as Savior, you will find that he can guide you and lead you in the right way, making your life a blessing to yourself and to others. What a happy ending. When God saves a sinner, it's like a person wandering in a desert without hope and doomed, but in answer to prayer, finds deliverance. He is rescued, given water and food, taken to the right way and to a city of habitation. Every believer knows something of these words, for he has wandered in the wasteland of sin and rebellion. There was soul hunger and thirst that couldn't be satisfied in the world. Only by coming to Christ and yielding to him did we find the water of life and the bread of life. The psalmist urges that men would praise God for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Should we as believers not be moved to praise God wonderfully? For he found us in a wasteland and saved us from such a terrible death. Redemption means the wanderer has been found and delivered and given rest. What a timely reminder. We can so easily forget how desperate our situation was before we found deliverance in Christ. Then the second metaphor used to illustrate redemption is of a prisoner, verse 10. 
such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron, because they rebelled against the words of the Lord and contemned the counsel of the Most High. Here is a picture of Israel enslaved in Egypt. They lived in spiritual darkness and bondage until God delivered them under Moses. Every believer knows something of the darkness of the prison house of sin and the chains of bondage that old sinful habits and sinful thoughts and actions can bring. We could not free ourselves from them like a prisoner condemned to death. We and Israel cried out to the Lord and he redeemed us. Redemption is here pictured as setting free of a prisoner facing execution. He has been condemned and is entirely without hope. Then, crying out to God, God answers. The jailer comes, turns the key in the lock, the gates of iron open, and he is set free. Verse 14 says, God brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death, break their bonds asunder. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Do you feel like a prisoner today? Are, those, are there things in your li life that uh, you cannot break away from? Then turn to the Lord and cry out to him as the people of the psalm did. You can feel the revitalization of God's forgiveness and the freedom from sin's demands that Christ alone can bring. The third metaphor used is of a sick person, verse 17. Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat, and they draw near unto the gates of death. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his wonderful works to the children of men. God is reminding Israel here that before he redeemed or saved them, they were like a dying person. And we too, as sinners, can understand this. Because of our foolish ways, we chose sin. And the spiritual consequences of sin is death. For the wages of sin is death, Romans 6, 23 says. We may be physically strong, but God sees us spiritually as a dying person, and nothing we or others can do could save us. Titus says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. We cannot save ourselves spiritually, and this is a hard lesson for man to learn, for he is proud and very self-sufficient but we will never find spiritual forgiveness in life until we humble ourselves and call upon God as the people in the psalm did. Thankfully, no matter how sin-sick we may be, when we call upon the Lord, he will hear us and save us. Believers need to remember that we were like the foolish sick person spiritually before we called upon the Lord. We have no right to look down on others. We were just as helpless as those around us are. All we can do is praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. The fourth metaphor is of sailors in a storm. 
Verse 23, they that go down to the sea in ships, they see the works of the Lord, for he raiseth the stormy wind, he liveth, lifteth up the waves thereof. They mount up to heaven, they go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted in them because of trouble, and they are at their wit's end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm. He bringeth them unto their desired haven. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. God says redemption is like a ship about to be smashed upon the rocks. All hope is lost. The crew realizing this cry out to God, and he intervenes, calming the storm, and the battered ship and crew find safety in a harbor. What relief the sailors feel. How thankful they are to land safe after enduring the perfect storm. Israel and believers need to remember that our redemption was not brought about by our own skill or works any more than the sailors caught in the storm. It was God's grace and goodness alone that brought deliverance. These four metaphors all show the absolute helplessness of Israel and of us as believers to find the right way. In the psalm it says the wanderer finds rest, and in Christ we find rest. The prisoner finds freedom, the sick person finds life, and sailors find safety. All of this we find in Christ. We cannot do anything of our own. It's only the grace of God that leads us to this. So we need to thank God today. The psalm leads us to find a new sense of gratitude for God's great mercy. How we need to praise God and thank him for the salvation that we enjoy. Then we need to live more humbly. In all of these cases, there was total helplessness evidence. Sometimes believers can get proud of redemption. As someone said, we can be proud of faith and proud of race and even proud of grace. But God says we were all helpless without his intervening grace. The psalm says also, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We as redeemed ones by the precious blood of Christ need not only to enjoy it, or to be thankful for it, but we need to share it, to joyfully and humbly let others around us know that God saved us in our helplessness and need, and he can do the same for them. So on this Mother's Day, may all of us be reminded that we are saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves, that the appropriate way to respond to God's grace and goodness is to live our lives with joyful thanksgiving and praise to God. We need to learn to call upon God in our trouble and to trust him to deliver us. Then we need to humbly share with others the joy of knowing the true God. May you on this Mother's Day be encouraged and may all of us be encouraged to praise God more and to serve him more. Mary Canada's National Bible Hour share biblical truth and Bible doctrine to help people grow in their faith, but we're also concerned about those who may be listening in who have never received Jesus Christ, their personal Savior. And so we like to share a brief evangelistic message, which simply says this, that all sin and come short of the glory of God. We've all come short. We've all done things we are embarrassed about, things that we are, things that bring guilt to us. 
we realize that we did the wrong thing. Those things are called sin. The Bible calls it missing the mark. God is a holy God. He's a righteous God. He's a perfect God, and we are not. And so, therefore, we're not able to get into his presence because he's a holy God, and we are sinners, and we need grace. And the grace is that the Lord Jesus Christ came to earth, lived a sinless life. He was a God-man. He went to the cross. He bore our sins in his own body. He died and rose again on the third day. And because he died for our sins on the cross, our sins are paid for. And so when we, we exercise faith, when we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, we will be saved. When you trust Christ for your salvation and ask him to forgive your sins and repent of your sins, you become a believer in Jesus Christ. And the Bible says you're a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. Remember to order your copy of Care Given. Write to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R7A7, or in the United States, Box 2010, Buffalo, New York, 14231. You can also hear past messages of Canada's National Bible Hour by visiting our website, missiongo-radio.org.